0: grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the New Testament reading of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today we celebrate All Saints Day, even though it was really on Wednesday, a day where we remember all those who have died in the faith, And as you saw earlier in the service, there are many saints of peace that we remember and many that you are personally connected to. We remember them as Christians who died believing in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who have now met him face to face in heaven. For some of you, this is a joyous occasion because we think about the fact that our loved one is no longer suffering in this world. The pain that they went through on this earth from whatever disease or sickness it may have been, has now ended. For some of you, it is a sad time, because you miss them. You miss their presence, you miss their voice, their smile, their hugs and kisses, even though you know they're in a better place. That reminds me of a man who had this written on his gravestone. Pause a moment, stranger, when you pass me by. As you are now so once was I as I am now so you will be so be prepared stranger some day to follow me one day someone added their response to follow you i am not content until i know which way you went which way you went of course implies that there are two options heaven or hell now if we want to look at history, even recent history, we're going to find that the idea of just these two options doesn't sit well with the majority of the world. In fact, there are many different ideas out there besides the belief that there is only heaven or hell that awaits anyone who dies in this life. So let me put it out to you. What are some of those other ideas or beliefs in the world. This is the list that I put together of some more common ideas. The first is nothing. You die and that's it. You're put into the ground and there's absolutely nothing after. With this belief comes the idea that this is the only life you have, so you may as well live it to the fullest. Or that whatever you do on this earth doesn't matter, because there's nothing after anyway. The second is, I don't know. This might be for the people who just aren't really sure what to think because of all the different beliefs out there, or because they've never actually thought about it. These people would probably fall into the same lifestyle as the first group, because if they're not really thinking about what comes next, if anything, they'll only be concerned with the now. The third one is eternal sleep. There's a reason that the phrase rest in peace is used on gravestones and at the time of death, because there's this idea that after you die, you enter this eternal resting place. Maybe it's complete darkness, but whatever it is, you're at peace. The fourth one is reincarnation. A Buddhist and Hindu belief that you have many cycles of life, that this one just prepares you for the next until you reach nirvana or moksha, which is that spiritual liberation or enlightenment. The fifth one is heaven for all. Whether this is because there are many different paths to heaven or that eventually everyone will get to heaven, we're all going to be there. Sure, there may even be hell right now, but God is going to wait forever for anyone who is there, however long he has to because he is patient and loving and wants everyone to be saved until those who are in hell choose to believe. This idea means that second chances abound after you die. The final one is that there is this in-between stage. This one is most fitting to our current days because we just celebrated October 31st. To most of the world, it's known as Halloween to a smaller chunk of the world. It's known as Reformation Day. Each of these celebrations focus on something entirely different with this in-between stage. Halloween gets its origins from the ancient Celtics, or Celtics, who believed that on the day before their new year began, November 1st, that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth, and so they would have bonfires and sacrifices and wear costumes to commemorate this on October 31st. Today, many people are obsessed with the idea of ghosts, that places are haunted by the souls of the dead because the spirit or soul of a person has stayed on earth for some purpose or for no purpose, or is lost somehow, like they missed the entrance. Hollywood has certainly made enough money on ghost movies that make it seem like people who had a bad experience in life are able to make things right before they go on to whatever lies ahead, be it heaven or something else. There's also scary movies made about the bad ghosts that do the haunting and terrifying of the living. The next celebration on October 31st is Reformation Day. And this year was pretty special. Because it was the 500th anniversary of the day when Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to Castle Church door in Wittenberg, Germany. One of the main reasons Reformation Day happened was because of indulgences that were being sold. Indulgences which were sold under the, that, the idea that it would help pay to get you or your loved one's souls out of Purgatory. The idea of purgatory dates much earlier than the time of Martin Luther and the Catholic Church, but this is probably the most famous dealing with the idea of purgatory. And purgatory defined by the Catholics is this. Besides hell, there is a purging fire by which the souls of the pious, tormented for a set time, are purified so that they might enter the eternal fatherland into which nothing defiled enters. Though intricately described by Dante and others, the Catholic doctrine of purgatory boils down to a short list of essentials. 1. Sin alienates us from God. 2. By virtue of Christ's pain, our eternal penalty on the cross, God forgives us. 3. At that moment, the guilt and eternal punishment owed for having betrayed him is removed as far from us as east is from west. Four. But the wound remains, not in God, but in us. Five. God is pure holiness. No imperfection can enter his sight. Six. The temporal traces left behind by sin must be removed before we can enter God's presence. And seven, in purgatory, the fire of God's love burns away the impurities not already removed by devotion to God before death, readying us for God's presence. Purgatory is not a second chance to accept or reject God's grace. Only those who will eventually reach heaven spend time there. Thus, it's not a question of if a soul in purgatory will see God, but when. Now, what do all of these ideas that we've just described have in common? They're not scriptural. They don't come from the Bible, God's word, and therefore are not true. So what is true according to God's word? Jesus gives us a picture of what the scene when he comes again, will look like. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Those who do not believe will go to eternal fire, hell. And those who do believe Will go to the place that has been prepared for them, the place Jesus told the disciples he was going to prepare for them, as he said in John chapter 14, and that is heaven. So if we can establish that the only options are heaven or hell, does that mean you are automatically there the moment you die? We again look to Jesus for those words. He said to the thief on the cross, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. When would the thief on the cross be with Jesus? After you've roamed the earth for a while? After you've lived a few different lives as other people or even animals? When you earn your way there? When someone else earns your way there? No. Today. Today. In the moment of death, the souls of believers enter the joy of heaven. We know this because it was Jesus who went to the cross on our behalf. He, the perfect man and sinless son of God, died the death that we deserve. Because we are sinners. He took the punishment for our sins upon himself. All of our sins. Nothing left behind for us to take care of. He took it all. He took hell for us. He took hell so that we wouldn't have to suffer for all eternity. He took hell to bring us to heaven. But it doesn't end in his death, just like it doesn't end in our death. And so we go to the words from Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus died on the cross. And he rose from the dead. And he proved it by appearing to all different kinds of people. As Paul goes on to list in this chapter. Those who followed him. Those who believed. Those who didn't believe. The poor, the rich, men, and women. But what we really want to get to is what he says later, that you heard earlier today. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. He goes on to say, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then there is no resurrection from the dead for anyone. Therefore, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins, which means the only thing in store for you is hell. There is no hope of heaven. If you're still in your sins, you have no hope. Your faith is worthless. If your faith is worthless, there is no All Saints Day. If there's no All Saints Day, you're here for no reason. That means this day is worthless, and you should have just slept in this morning and not bothered showing up. If Christ did not rise... The world wants us to believe that Christ did not rise, that our faith is worthless, worthless, that the church is for brainwashed individuals, that faith serves no purpose other than making us feel better about ourselves, and that it's all just one big joke, and actually, you should be pitied. The world actually feels bad that you believe all this. The world fights against All Saints Day, By tempting us to believe that there are no such things as saints. And if there are, well, then it's because of all the wonderful things they did on this earth and that they become saints because of their works, but only after death. But Christ did rise. And we don't become saints only when we die, we are saints already because of faith. Paul, in his letters, writes to the saints. We already are considered holy in God's sight because of what Christ has given us by faith. We are in the church, and every true Christian congregation is a company of saints. We are not only sinners, but saints of God. And it's not because of our works, but because of our faith. As Paul writes to those saints in Ephesians, For by grace you have been saved through faith, And this not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And so when a gravestone says that we will one day follow the person whose name is printed there, and the response is that we don't know which way they went, we do know, dear Christian friends and saints, where we're going, how we'll get there, and what awaits us a saint on earth and a saint in heaven. Eternal life because of what Christ has done for us by grace. We rise now and will rise again to all glory with the Lord Almighty. That is All Saints Day. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.